Okay, dope. Is it wide enough? Is it okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can't guarantee to finish at half past, so if you need to go, just go. I will finish as quick as I can. <laughs> I'm a Presbyterian, we talk for a living. <laughs> Glad you're getting the fun because uh, that's my style. I, th I think my way of getting into this, uh, I actually love this this building, this this location, because I consider it to be a thin place where the Holy Spirit is so active and so close, and where heaven is so close, it's so easy to conduct ministry here, uh, ministry of all kinds. Uh, so I think it's a good place to have this teaching, uh, to learn, to receive, to impart, to share, and to get into activation. I think we are we are in a thin place, and asking the Lord about that, he said it's because of the people and a long-standing covenant and worship amongst the community that was Stonyburn Church and the continuing church of Stonyburn. So this is a thin place. This is, this is a good place to be. I want to share a wee bit about a childhood and teenage, young, adult sort of experiences. And I think that's relevant because, again, listening to the Spirit, he said that there'll be people here who need to be reminded that the gifting has been with them a long time, but maybe not often. And maybe it puzzled them. Maybe it caused them to be a bit concerned. Or, or maybe adults around them did you understand the gifting that you had? So I feel the Spirit saying, just to share very briefly a wee bit about childhood, teenage and the adult. And remember, these were times I, I left church at age 11 and didn't go back to 27. So I was in exile uh, for some of that time or a lot of that time. But the Holy Spirit still did stuff in my life. Looking back, I see that. And maybe that's also sharing that these, briefly, these experiences, because we have lots of very gifted young people around the church family, and we need to be aware of how the Spirit's moving in their life, and we need to encourage them and build them up, not leave it just to the parents, it takes a family to grow this and to develop it and to sharpen this, so maybe the Spirit's wanting to share this briefly about this. Um, just so that we can be aware of it and encourage our young people. Right, some examples from very early in childhood, one example, even before I went to primary school, so this is about age three, four onwards. Uh, I remember being able to describe rooms through the wall, basically, you know, what was going on next in the house next door, or in the room next door, or how it was laid out now. My parents didn't say very much, but well, the adults around me didn't say much. But I realized by their reaction that I must have been getting something really right about this, because I could tell them what was through the wall, what was in the room next door, what, what was happening next door. And I soon learned from the adults that they, I must have been yeah, getting it right, but also they were thinking I had a vivid imagination. And you know, that was all, that's as far as it went. 
I could also say to my parents at times that a person was just about to come and visit, perhaps within the next hour or half hour or whatever, and they would say to me, no, no, you've got it wrong, that person's working today, they can't come. And I'm going, yeah, they're coming, and they would turn up half an hour or an hour later. So, that kind of stuff. Um, later on, when I was working as a newspaper reporter, um, I would often get insights just out of the blue and following him up, he would end up breaking a story. One example, going to work in the morning on the newspaper, just travelling in the bus, I got a clear impression of a fire and of the need to go to the local fire station to find out where this fire was. Now there was a particular time and day of the week when we would go to the fire station and find out about the news about fires in the past week. This was a different time. Went to the fire station, discovered the units were all out. Fire brigade from all around the local area, from miles around, had been sent out to this major fire. Uh, people were in danger of losing their jobs, factory being burned down, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how I knew about that, but it came to me on the bus on the way into the work. So I was able to re report back from the fire station, something big's going on, get a photographer out there, get a senior reporter mm -hmm. out there. So, I didn't know what that was, that, how these insights were coming, but that's what they happened, that's what was happening to me. So that raises a question, do we arrive in this world already wild, equipped with spiritual gifts that need to be encouraged, nurtured and perhaps activated, or do they simply come with the Holy Spirit baptism. I'll leave you to think about that. I'm sure you think to go and puzzle about. My personal experience is that somehow, by God's grace, I arrived equipped with gifts, but it's been a lifelong learning journey to activate those gifts and to use those gifts. Early on, asked me to speak really of how I understand the gift in my life, the gift of words of knowledge and whatever. Within a conventional, traditional church setting. And again, so some may be encouraged or maybe understand their own journey. I believe that my childhood and adult experiences are relevant because my family was church going and conventional, but they were not born again. And I was away from church for a long time. Very helpfully speaking to Christy last Sunday about this seminar, Christy very helpfully said to me, but some of us work in a secular situation, work in a non-church environment in our daily life and maybe even in our recreational life. So Christy helped me to understand that maybe in my background in a conventional, whatever, church setting and family, church family setting actually helps people to take it into the workplace. So encouragement and inactivation, Eliana has touched on this a bit earlier. And I find that a lot of what I'm going to say does connect what was said earlier, uh, maybe using different words and expressions, but it's similar 
in training and especially in the early years of ministry, I was encouraged and supported by a friend in ministry. We'd gone through training together. We'd met regularly and still do. The difference was he was charismatic. He was moving in Holy Spirit. And even at an early stage of ministry, he was encountering challenges and difficulties with church authorities because of the way he was practicing ministry. He was church planting, he was trying to birth a new kind of church, and he was using the fivefold ministry gifts of the Spirit uh, to build up the church and to equip the church. I really doing what Life Center's trying to do, but he was doing that within conventional church of Scotland setting, which very often got you into trouble. So friends and networks are vitally, vitally important. You can't carry any gift without a good friend and perhaps someone slightly ahead of you or older or more experienced or more mature. You've got to get that networking going. You've got your friendships going. It's utterly vital. You can't be the Lone Ranger. Not possible. Well, it is possible, but it's very difficult. So earlier in 1994, I know before most of you were born, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> At the youth event these last few days, I've been described as a, as a grandfather. I'm traumatized by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In fact, Kenny, the pastor at Elam, described me as a great grandfather. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that anointing is. And Samuel noticed I was dressing younger. It's the haircut. You had your haircut and you're looking younger. So, brothers and sisters, I'm getting messed up here. A great grandfather is looking younger, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I told you this would go longer. Anyway, I was encouraged by my friend early in 1994, early days of ministry, to attend a three-day conference in Cumberland, of all places. If you know Cumberland, yeah, can anything good come out of Cumberland? Well, I got Holy Spirit zapped in Cumberland. The main speaker was a prophet in, I think, from Australia. I had a good laugh at that because prophets belong to the Old Testament, they were not for today. Speaking in tongues, really? Go and get a life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I went, and funny enough, the prophet knew a lot about me. Especially, yeah, it's strange that, isn't it? Especially about my struggle with charismatic gifts. Baptism, the Spirit, spiritual gifts, all of that. I remember him saying very clearly, God knows and understands your struggle, and he's saying to you, my gift is in you. Stop your doubting, end your confusion, believe and receive. Wow. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, wow. I had some carpet time. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big guy, you don't put me on the carpet then, <laughs> 
See, God laughs when he laughs at someone having spiritual gifts. Really do. So I received baptism in the Spirit, and over the three days of that conference, I received further teaching, impartation, and yes, even more prophetic words. So I'm in ministry at this point, putting him into practice, already knowing that my friend sometimes got into difficulty because he was putting him into practice. Um, this was around the time of the Toronto outpouring, and my church, Church of Scotland, was highly sensitive and some were openly hostile because this outpouring wasn't happening. It was make believe, blah, 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 yawn, no interested. To be honest, in ministry, I found it uh, easier to focus on exploring my resurrection calling through our teaching, preaching, pastoral ministry, and getting church to engage with the community and finding the least the last of the lost. But the Holy Spirit was the work, and over time, I learned to know and trust that inner voice and that prompting. And I learned to know that that's God and not indigestion. That's God and not Satan. That is God. Trust that voice. That is how he speaks to you. And I began to learn when it was my thoughts and training. And I realized I'm on a long-term journey here and I'm still learning. And it's a long, slow journey. And as I'll come to you in a moment or two, there are dry spells and spells when you, you just ain't moving. So in a conventional setting, in ministry, I experienced the prophetic gift in two particular ways. First, in pastoral settings. There were times I was set out with a list of visits to do that day, people I would want to go and visit. I'd out, and the Holy Spirit would say, no, you need to go to this person, or you need to go to that person. So it would be redirected. And often that redirect was a visit that was necessary. And quite often I would turn up at a person's door and say, I was just about to phone you because this has happened. So I learned to trust the voice of God directing me to people that needed help or needed a partial visit. It never ever failed and I learned to trust the Spirit more because of that. Trusting and depending on God is vital. The second area that the Spirit moved was in preaching. God would actually change a sermon or a talk to the children virtually the last moment. You're about to deliver and the Holy Spirit says, no, say this, and then you share a few words that you've been given and then it just flows. So on the point of delivery, which is maybe a kind of scary, lonely place to be, but it's, it's where the Spirit just works. Uh, you're about to deliver and you just bend that. You just go with what the Spirit's giving you. I'll give you an example of that. I was about to talk to the children one day, go down walked. As I'm walking towards them, the Holy Spirit said to me, tell them about and it named a friend of mine who had a very powerful testimony in his life. 
So I just went with it. I said, children, I want to tell you about my friend, named a friend, blah, blah, blah. Told a bit of his story. Now later that day, there was a Songs of Praise program on BBC, and I had a congregation that quite often tuned into this. My friend was on that program giving his testimony. And people really honestly believed I knew that was happening. I knew the schedule. I knew it was on it. And it was all prearranged. It wasn't. I left the pulpit to talk to the children with one talk. And the Spirit says, no, tell them about. And I did. And he turned up on the program and they got more of it. And the congregation thought that was a setup. It wasn't. It just happened. But that led to them asking questions about him, so we got him in to speak to the congregation. And that impacted some people. His testimony impacted them. But to this day, people from that congregation think, I actually knew, I actually planned it, it was deliberate. In a lesser way, and perhaps more slow to develop, the Holy Spirit helped me in meetings by giving insights and understandings to what was going on in the meeting. At times the Holy Spirit would tell me, that person's actually deceiving you, or don't trust that person. And, yeah, it was a time the Holy Spirit said, you're about to go through fire, you will leave this congregation, and you'll be out of ministry. But I'm with you, just go with it. So that's how he worked. He worked a lot when times were difficult. I think the other thing to say is that we see through a glass darkly and dimly. We only prophesy in part. And we have to recognize that we do have blind spots that he doesn't tell us everything. Back when, first of all, my wife was seriously ill, I became seriously ill one night. I had no idea that I was coming, and I just dealt with it as it came. And, yeah, well, anyway. And just two years ago, when she developed a serious illness and died, again, I had no clue that I was coming. I had no idea what the outcome was going to be until the doctors told me so. That taught me at least the only knowing part, the only prophesying part. And we just got to go where we've got blind spots. We don't know everything, so that's why we need partnerships and we need supportive networks. Support and learning. Yes, there's a danger of overdiet, but in a conventional setting, in a church which was weary of the Holy Spirit, yes, particularly at an official level, and indeed in the pews, I learned to be wise in how I spoke and deployed gifts. I had to learn not to cause offence, but also be true to God. So you had to find ways of speaking to people. Once maybe in a conversation, you would say to them, you let them speak a bit, you say, well, oh, you actually know already from the Holy Spirit, you say to them, I sense this is going on with you, going through what the Spirit just told you. So you can do things that I sense the Spirit is saying, or if I understand this correctly, um, so you can do things like that. You can use what you in the counselling setting we call open questions, questions that invite a response, not a straight yes, no, or maybe kind of answer. 
you can learn to change your language to the level the person would understand and be able to receive and to do it in a way that doesn't scare them off or put them off or cause them offence. So support of friends and networks vitally important. So too is getting informed and taught and being teachable. I just got hold of books, CDs, conferences. I'm always being open for prayer and impartation. Soaking up learning, but not over diet, because you've got to take it in and then release it whatever way you can. You can't just hold on to this, because then you just get overfed and no use to anyone. You've got to receive and give away. So if there's opportunities to go onto ministry teams, you've got to get onto ministry teams, receive impartation, and then release ministry. When I relocated ministry, I was so blessed by having a charismatic friend in the next door parish, and we teamed up very quickly. So that fellowship and support was vital. He, my long-term friend, encouraged me to go to what was then clan gathering, part of the new wing sort of network, sort of charismatic Christian convention conference. Amazing stuff. During time, um, going quickly here, led to Light in Life and to Healing Room Scotland, which meant lots of training, importation and ministry. So alongside my ministry, I was out most weeks, either training or involved in outreaches or in evangelistic events. And I'm so glad that Melvin Marie sometimes asked me to come and preach here. Because as I said, this is a thin place. This is an amazing place to work in, in ministry. The gift has to be pursued and it has to be released because I believe God will then give you more. If you steward the little, God will give you the greater. And all those connections led 15 years ago to Melvin and Marietta and this, this family. Marietta and I did dream interpretation together. We were the dream team. <laughs> we still are. <laughs> I, I interpret in part and Marie corrects my interpretations. <laughs> it's a blast. <laughs> the other thing that happened, and Eliana's touched on this, I needed inner healing. Because although I was doing reasonably well in ministry and moving in the gifts of the Spirit, I had a spirit within me that was not of God. I, I had something that had come to me generationally uh, through my family line and back three, four, five generations at least. So this friend in my neighboring parish, we were blessed because we had LL ministries in his parish. So we were about 10 minutes from my house. So I get lots of prayer and impartation and went on deeper healing with LL ministries and a demon surfaced, or spirit surfaced. And it was very reluctant to go, but it went eventually. So I got deeper healing. And we need to have that deeper healing. We need to have inner healing and freedom. And I went back for the follow-up one year later. Because you've got
got to move in your own healing and your own deeper healing. You've got to get rid of stuff that the world sticks to you. That journey and all these different things led to Glasgow Prophetic, now Global Prophetic Alliance. I led a one year long course on the prophetic ministry, which they did at Elam in Glasgow. That's now involved into the Emerging Prophets course, so you're like, I got the, the trail run, the basic <laughs> first version of it. <laughs> I would further recommend the Emerging Prophets course, which early on and Samuel have done, and maybe some others as well. There was a great move at one time, again through this friend that I've known long term, through Streams Ministry, one of the ways he was building his congregation was through courses from what was then known as Streams Ministry, headed up by the Prophet John Paul, the late Prophet John Paul Jackson. So I just went and soaked up everything. I did a lot over a period of time. I think Marietta and Melvin may have done Streams courses as well. Others have done it. Good basic scriptural teaching and impartation. And let's be honest, it showed areas where I was not so gifted and not so strong. And that's vital, back to the kind of blind spots idea. You've got to be aware of where you're not so gifted. So I'm not an evangelist. I don't do cold calling. I just can't do evangelism very well. Um, and I'm not strong in the gift of being a seer. A seer is a particular gifting of prophet who sees beyond the material reality around me, around us who sees what the Spirit is doing beyond these four walls, beyond the material things in the place, um, who sees what's happening in the spiritual realm and pulls that into here and now and declares this is what's happening in the spirit world, this is where the Spirit is moving. I am most strong in that gift. <coughs> Personally, my instinct is that John Holmes has that gift in some measure, Debbie certainly has that gift in some measure. Sammy and the worship team has that gift. Eliana has that gift. And I was privileged at one time at Clan New Wine Gathering to have a leaders and pastors seminar with John Paul Jackson and get impartation. Just a blast. There's been really dry times and breakthrough. At the youth conference, the YWAM conference, someone this morning, a young man called Rick, really put it very well. He was going forward for impartation lots of times and nothing was happening and he's going, why is this? What's going on, God? Why, am I, why are there people getting blasted by the Holy Spirit, getting quick and, and it's not happening? I'm here, I want your gift, I'm willing in receiving it. And the Lord said to him, Rick, you're not prepared to partner, partner with me. I need partnership. I need you to step into this. I need you to open your life to me. I need to work with you. I need to be allowed to love you so you can go and love others. And he says, when I agreed with the Lord to step into partnership, the gift flowed, and the gifts came, and the Spirit was released. And I, he said he now lives to love people and to give the love of God to people. 
So that's one way through really dry times. Is just say to God, well, am I really partnering with you? I would also say from personal experience, if you're in a dry time, you're stuck, don't despair. <coughs> God is faithful. Yeah. He wants this to happen. He wants this to happen in you. So God will come. The Lord will come to you. Wait on the Lord. He is faithful. One of the ways you can do that is remind yourself of past Holy Spirit encounters. As Eliana says, go back over the prophecies you've recorded. Just remind yourself of the goodness of God. Because he is good 24-7 and never gives up. Think of your Holy Spirit adventures. Think of these past prophetic words over you. Get some worship going. Change the atmosphere. That helps in the dry spells. One of the little exercises you can do is listening to a music station on the radio. Just say to the Holy Spirit, I want to stir this gift within me. So can you please tell me what's coming up next in the playlist? And just press into that and see if you start to move and work out what's the next on the radio without you even sort of guessing it sort of thing. Just, just press into that. Don't focus on the result. Eliana has touched on that. Don't focus on your score. Focus on pressing in. Holy Spirit, tell me what's coming up in the playlist on the radio. And you'll soon find that yeah, things start to move. So about steering the gift. As long as you partner with the Spirit and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to stir up. You can do a kind of treasure hunting, which is a method developed by Bethel of evangelism. Um, just say to the Holy Spirit, I want to get into the shopping mall or a busy area, and I want you to reveal to me people who will be walking past. Not necessarily to go up and start talking to them and sharing with them, but if that should have time, just go do it. But Holy Spirit, I just want to stir up this gift. So start telling me people who are going to pass my line of sight, like women in a blue coat carrying an H&M bag, age roughly, and you'll find that it starts to stir it up. Just to recap slightly, it's one thing to know your strongest gifting. It's also vital to know your least of strong gifting. Mm -hmm. And encourage others to work, work on that as well as yourself. Just a very funny story on impartation. I'm doing not too bad. I'm almost <laughs> finished. I'm almost finished, sorry. It is a funny story in impartation because uh, on a mission trip, Randy Clark was there with Global Awakening. Uh, our mission team were invited to join his mission team for his final talk in impartation. Comes along the line, comes to me, steps back to me and says, Brother, this moment is for me to impart to you. You're flowing into me. Would you just stop it? Uh, I'm trying to impart to you, but you're imparting to me. Well, that didn't happen, so he moved on, came back. Eventually, he was able to impart to me, but I still don't understand what was happening there. But he was certain I was flowing to him instead of him to me. So, I found that amusing. 
by a couple of, well, the Holy, Holy Spirit's broken in in times. You just wait on the Lord to come. A couple of quick examples about that. One morning I woke, one morning I woke up very early seeing a video of a train crash which I knew was to be in Belgium. And a good wife, a praying wife, an encouraging wife. So Margaret says, right, okay, one, get the telly on, two, we need to pray about this. So we got the telly on and there's a train crash happened in Belgium. And a second incident during, during the European football finals not long ago, players are out warming up on the pitch, but I'm seeing a video of a player actually dropping down. I knew it was cardiac arrest, I knew he died and had to be resuscitated. And that's what happened in the game. It was the time when Christian Eriksen had his cardiac arrest on the pitch. So I'm saying to the Lord, why are you showing me these videos? Why are you telling me this? And he said, it's a call to intercession. I equip the prophets so they may intercede. And I'm showing you these things so you may intercede. And you call out on my mercy. But I'm also showing these things because you need to know that you're moving in the gift. And the gift is with you and you're not dried up. And I third time when the spirit moved during the general election in this country and during a Scottish Parliament election all the speculation was hung Parliament too close to call blah 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 and the Holy Spirit revealed to me what the outcome would be the Labour landslide I think it was 97 and the SNP getting substantially more votes than expected and Margaret and I are praying into this because that's what we have to do with these insights and we're laughing at the pundits because they're saying too close to call. We're going, really? God has just declared the result. So, so it's about prayer and reminding of the gift and setting it up. So God wants to encourage you and build you up if you're stuck. The gift is partly a call for your own personal prayer and intercession. God will show you things so you may pray about them. God will come to you. He will speak if we're faithful and we nurture the gift. Just very briefly, the gift is also useful in spiritual warfare. Not something to go looking for. Not something to be sought out. But if it comes to you, then you've got to take authority over it because we're in the kingdom. Our, our anointing is bigger than any Holy Spirit any spiritual warfare. It sharpens the gift. My gift will sharpen the spiritual warfare. And in those situations, you do need backup. You do need partnership. You do need prayer support. And I want to help that much more because it's on tape. Marita asked me very briefly to share, how does the word come to you? so that I can help other people. Mostly it comes as a word or a phrase. It's very short, it's very direct. It almost compels me to share it. And that reflects my own personality and my own wiring. I can be quite direct and quite to the point. So usually a word or a phrase, not an audible voice, just a word or a phrase will drop into my head. 
And then once you start to share that, it flows very quickly to the point that I no longer know what I have said or what I am saying. So that's how it comes to me. Sometimes I do see a video. I see a video of a particular situation or perhaps a, a particular illness or sickness in a person. It can also just be a plain, straightforward picture, more likely to be a video. I can sometimes feel it, feel an area, whether there's pain or injury or disease in a person, I can feel it. And sometimes when I give the word that God has given me, I can feel an impact in me when I release the word. It's a kind of confirmation, I suppose. So you've got to find out what's for you. Because we're all unique. We're all equipped uniquely. We're all gifted uniquely. And God uses that uniqueness. Everybody matters. And if you feel unable to step into your gift, then the church is losing something because God has wired you to do this. And you've got to find your voice and your own way of delivering. As I said, I'm quite direct and quite to the point. I remember a, a training course once. Somebody actually went to the facilitator and said, Richard's too quick at sharing. And the facilitator just said, yeah, but that's his way of sharing. That's his voice, not your voice. You do it differently. It's important we all receive and share in different ways. So find your voice, find your way of sharing. Maybe some people, I know there's people around this family, start with a picture and then share and explain the picture because that's the picture of what's going on with the person. And one other thing I'm sure, again, I can't, I don't have this gift very strongly, prophetic heart. Um, sometimes people just in a worship service or in a setting of the church will start to sketch, draw, paint, whatever, what's going on spiritually in the room, what the Lord is saying. And that is so important. Um, so you can develop spirit, prophetic art as well, and that should be perhaps encouraged within the church family as well. Um, and the picture the Lord is showing me at the moment is of a sunrise breaking through in that direction, and it's all the colours of a sunrise. And the word is, we are starting a new day, and we're going into a new season. Amen. And the sun is rising over us. And that's what I'm seeing out there. So. That's me finished. Sorry, I'm